0: Welcome to The Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to Transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alchemy of Business. Thanks for joining in, whether you're listening on iTunes or some other audio format, maybe you're watching this on video and you're on E360 TV or YouTube. However you got here, I am just glad you are here. And today, as always on the Alchemy of Business, we are talking about wiser decisions, greater profits in your life, in abundance in all areas, and higher purpose. And no better guest to have on today about higher purpose than my friend, Mr. Dave Clare, who I'm gonna introduce to you in just a minute. But Dave is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal man, businessman, father, husband, friend. But I met him about three years ago now in Australia. So he's coming to us from halfway across the world. And it's actually his next day already. So he's already into his Thursday. We're actually doing this on my Wednesday. But Dave is a phenomenal guy. I knew when I met him, not only was he a keynote speaker at a conference that I attended, but he was also the MC for the overall event. So he just kept things flowing. His style as to who he is and his calmness, but yet his humor and his bright personality just shown through. And there was no wonder that when I started talking to him, I realized, well, of course, he is the CEO and founder of a a company called Circle Leadership, where he's helping other leaders and entrepreneurs really create more generations of other leaders. And he is a real practical, hands-on entrepreneur who's not only been building businesses themselves, but he's helping other business owners to do this in all different segments of businesses. He is a international keynote speaker. He is an author. And he's really an authority on really how to become a purpose-driven leader and entrepreneur, which I love because that is a big part of what I do at Alchemy. He is a self-proclaimed prophet for perfect. And profit is the word P-R-O-P-H-E-T, for purpose, but also for profit, of course, you've got to make profit. But he is uh, self-proclaimed as the prophet for purpose. And he has um, been a trained facilitator, self-taught and taught by going to many different facilitator trainings. And then also his on-hands practical use of that globally where he's helped facilitate all kinds of programs. Uh, he also has another book coming out that we'll be talking about. soon so let's quit talking about him and talk with him so let's bring on mr dave claire
1: g'day from down under steve (laughs) <laughs> hey there.
0: G'day. How are you there, Mr. Dave? <laughs> yeah, good. But I'm
1: coming to you from the future. <laughs>
0: from the, uh, you are. Uh, and I love that. And you, I knew you were a futuristic guy when I first met you, but literally every time we talk, you are coming to me from the future. So it's how is everybody day, doing down life. under? How are you and how is the world of, uh, and you are in, are you in Perth? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Perth, West Australia. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
0: So the big C word is part of a conversation for people, but I'm hoping that from what I understand from our talking earlier, I know your family and stuff are good, but how is the world uh, down under, we're in the world up here in the U.S. and we definitely have our challenges to the global world. But how are you guys doing down in Australia in general?
1: Yeah, firstly, the big C word is Canadian or COVID. (laughs) 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 So the Canadian living in West Australia, it's an interesting thing here in West Australia. It's a little bit different to the rest of the country because we're kind of like a, um, we're the most isolated, well, Perth is the most isolated city in the world before any of this isolation concept actually came around. So we're fairly isolated anyway. We've been living in a bit of a bubble here in West Australia for a long time, whereas the rest of the country has been going through Pretty much what you would see anywhere else in the world, in Canada, and U.S., U.K., everything like that. And we're still mandated in a bunch of many ways. But West Australia now has been—it's at the stage we're opening up again, and we're preparing for what everyone else has already been dealing with. Right now, uh, we're a much smaller. I mean, if you look at West Australia, it's one third of the country for those people. People who don't understand Australia, by the way. It's the same size as the continental USA. So, West Australia, for all the people from the United States who are listening, to this where you know where you're located, Steve. Can you imagine what one third of the United States? How many states are in one third of like the west western one third of the united states
0: right 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 yeah,
1: yeah like I, that's wa like that's yeah. we are one third of the country and where that's how isolated we are we have one major city called perth
0: <laughs> well it is uh, there and what was the reason you chose to live in perth how did you end up there even way before the c word how did you yeah, end yeah. up on that part of the planet when we're putting a dot where mr dave claire is how did you end up there
1: yeah you know that um very simple answer uh my mom and dad moved here in 1981 when we were all three of us boys were fairly young. So I was, I think it was 15 or almost 16. My younger brother was nine and my older brother was Seventeen. So that's and they've been here ever since. Now you may remember I've traveled around a bit and I've lived in Papua New Guinea and Australia twice, in Canada twice. And so born Canadian, moved here, went to New Guinea, came back here, went back to Canada, been back here, and came back to Perth again because this is where my family was.
0: Awesome. Well, I know that you love living there, so I'm glad that you guys are maneuvering through the the sea COVID coronavirus stuff. But I knew that you would personally, or even as a Mm -hmm. country, but I knew you personally would because you are a resilient, move through no matter what, make life positive, no matter what. And that's part of what you teach. That's part of what you train. So, you know, you and I have talked about this before. You know, the COVID or the C word of the world comes in our lives and our businesses in various different ways at various different times. Sometimes it's just not as obvious as a global pandemic that everyone's experiencing it. But how did you get on this path, Dave, of knowing that your inner, always seeing brighter side of things and also looking for higher purpose, how did that not only just become an inner working for you as to how you think and live your life, but how did it become a business? How did
1: it become a business? That's an awesome question. Um, so, firstly, I want to just share one one simple thing. Like from anyone dealing with this, the way I'm, I'm a human being, right? A spiritual human being myself. And when this stuff all happened, and this stuff will happen, I say pandemic wise, but there will always be some disruption. Now that I think that's going to come along, which is why I do the work that I do, which is really cool. But you can, it's easy to go into victim mode, and I've felt myself go into victim mode. Like, oh, why is this happening to us now? You know, we just got the new. You know, we just had really some momentum going with clients, and like, why is, And then it's like, oh, hang on a second, Dave, is this happening to you, or is it happening for you? And uh, so went from victim mode to victor mode, and like that's the resilience is how long you stay in victim mode, right. right? And because of my resilience, my strength, like I was like, oh, you know what, Dave, you've been through things not maybe this grand scale before, but you know what to do and how to, you know, sometimes react, but ideally respond to these sorts of things and do something with it. And so I put opportunity in the boarding and sort of reimagined the way we would serve clients going forward into the world. But so that's, that's that take on that. But if I go back to how did I do this work, you know, I'm I've. Con- consider myself a slow learner, Steve. Like what, this whole purpose concept for me, um, I always knew innately, you know, you get that feeling that there's something more to my life. There's, I, there must be some reason why I'm here and there's something I'm supposed to do with my life. Mm-hmm. But it took mm-hmm. me a long time to work out what it was. But what I did, and this, is, this starts to lead to how I help other leaders reconnect with their purpose. Because firstly, I believe you don't need to create a purpose. It already exists. You might need to uncover it or discover it because it's just been buried or hidden for a long time. But I believe it's in there. And then what I did is I made a list of all the things you know, when I looked at the people that I love working with and serving and stuff like that, I made a list of all, what are all the problems that they had that, that I was really helping with? And what was I most passionate about? Mm-hmm. And when I kind of summarized those two lists and looked at where they collided, and this is where I believe your purpose lies at the crossroads of your passion and their problem um, where those two things collide, that's where your purpose lives. So I wrote down this thing, you know, when I helped, it was one of my first clients, Tim Gleason in, in Canada, um, help him really crystallize why he started his business in the first place. And we saw his whole mindset shift in terms of like, this is why we do business. And I remember it was, uh, they were a third party logistics company and it was to create the smartest distance between two points for when they were doing the stuff. And then when he reconnected to that and then he was able to connect his team to that, like the business just went crazy. Mm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I look back at all the other people where I'd done that with Dr. Steve Rallis and, you know, saving lives ahead of time and all these people helping them really get connect not only to the purpose, but become the prophet, the inspired teacher, leader of their cause or their calling. That's when I said, oh, well, if I can help people become the prophet of their purpose, they will profit from their purpose. And that's how that all started
0: well, and I love that. And I know I want to come back on the next segment we talk about and go from that and then you go into you you dig down further on that and about yeah. I mean, we've heard about mission statements for a long time, but you really dig deep on it and a different kind of flavor and like the why of instead of just what is your why you get into the why of why have your why and why what's your, why you need a mission. So I want to come back and talk about that. But I want to go back before we end the segment and talk a little bit about your victim mode to being the victim. You know, you and I have chatted about that before, and I've done various reading on that. And I believe that, you know, it's kind of that glass half full, half empty concept. But it's also this way people live their life, whether it's a person, a family, a community, a society, or even a country. Sometimes this mode of victim versus victor. How when did you when did you first start becoming aware of that concept? And what did you do to start making yourself aware that you were in it? And then do you have any skills or techniques that you snap yourself out of it sooner than later than in your early Early days. Yeah,
1: yeah. Awesome. So yeah, for me, it was actually, it took somebody else to help me to identify with that. So I see a good friend of mine, Stephen, here in Australia, he did a, like a whole life timeline. And he just looked back at all the things that happened to me and asked me when most significant moments were. And then, and then I, he started to show me a pattern where, you know, things would happen and then take this long to deal with it. And then I would actually find a way to, you know, react or respond. I think the difference between reacting and responding to something. Reacting is the thing and responding is saying, hey, this has happened. Let me think about it. How do I interpret it? And then what I'm going to do with it. And when I learned to move from react to respond mode, and he said, look how, and he just, he's pointing out like, here, this happened to you, you reacted, this happened to you, you reacted, this happened to you. Now you've always demonstrated your ability to bounce back, but he said, when are you gonna learn to respond to things and be more proactive in situations? And that was really important for me. like, I just mapped out all those moments in my life. I'm like, holy crap, you're right. Like when that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened, and mm-hmm. like I reacted, reacted. And then once I could, I could actually see it. It's almost like I had to take it from the inside and put it back out on a wall where I go, holy crap, that's it, like, look at that. I was able to look at that. And then so now it's for me is it's almost like i feel it now like as i said i'm a human being so it doesn't mean i won't go into victim mode but it's how long i stay there and it's when how long does it take me now to notice that oh my god i'm thinking like this is happening to me not for me
0: yeah where, absolutely
1: and, and you know and so that's where like for me i wrote opportunity on my whiteboard i have a picture of it up on one of my social somewhere and i just said what's the opportunity here and i wrote all this sort of stuff down around it and that for me is when i look at if you're a victim then what why is this happening to me rather than why is this happening for me and that, that's the simplest way I can look at for people. is If you just wrote, why is this happening for me? Instead of why is this happening to me? What would you come up
0: with? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I love that. And we're going to come back. We've got about one minute left on the segment. We're going to come back and dig further than that. But we're also going to dig in when you change that shift, that shifting, Mm -hmm. someone else got you aware of that. You took that in and you said, okay, this is a shift that I have to make. And then I love that you said, how quickly can I get to that? Because I think about people that are in certain skills. Well, I mean, the Olympics just ended. You look at people that are artful in their skills about certain things. And sometimes when you understand something, and then it's either how to get more swiftly to that, whether it's to yeah. you know earn profit more quickly, whether it's to keep your employees gauge more rapidly, whether it's to learn from your mistakes more rapidly. And I think once you're that awareness, I love that there's also the awareness of the timing, how quickly or how deeply can I do something? So yes. I wanna come back and talk a little bit more about that. And then how does that also tie into why is it your approach of why you need a mission is different than having a mission statement? Um, awesome. And should people have a mission statement personally and professionally. So I want to come back and talk with more with Dave Clare about mission and this concept about mission. So we'll be right back. Thank you for listening into the Alchemy of Business. We will be back in about one minute, everybody. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. We've been talking with Mr. Dave Clare down under in Perth, Australia. We were heavily getting into his purpose-driven leadership and how he turned that from just a mission and a calling into an actual business. And we started digging further into this concept of victim from Victor, and then that leading into even more understanding how quickly to get to some behavior changes. So Dave, on that same vein, I know you go into companies. I've seen you sit in yeah. boardrooms of companies and teams. I know you do stuff individually with people. So this victim to Victor concept does work individually within companies, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I want to tie that right into this conversation about mission. Do you see the importance of someone having mission somehow parallel, different, or adverse, or aligned with this mission thing that you also teach. So I want to talk about those two things merging together into one.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, And this is really awesome, because for me, this is something I'm really passionate about, as well Is the fact that most of what, you know, like the mission statements that we've seen in the past, you know, like they're 25 years of this big mission statement up on a plaque up on the wall in the office. And it's like this long, very long winded thing about our mission. And whether I just don't think that style of mission is serving us in the world today, Um, whether i agree that was right or wrong, it doesn't matter. What I just don't think it's serving us today. Our belief about mission, I think, needs to shift. And if you go back, and let's get into, say, even military terms, if I've completed my mission, what's after that, Steve?
0: Well, we talked about vision, we talked about mission, and then you go into the practicality of of implementation.
1: Yeah, but if you look at from mission, like in military terms, if I've completed the mission, what's after that mission? Another mission. Another mission. And then what's after (laughs) that mission? Another mission, right? Yeah, keep going.
0: You're never done with missions as long as you're on that. You're in that.
1: missions are all hopefully adding up to create a world that you see, right? Yeah. And so this is where, you know, I look at purpose is why we get out of bed every morning. It's what engages us and everything like that. It's, so this is, you know, beyond making money. And, you know, like I I have a real sense of meaning to the work that I'm doing. That's what my purpose is to me. So I know why I'm coming to work. But, and then vision is what the world looks like when we've been living that purpose through our values for 10, 20, 30 years. But mission then is who do we need to become as a business to start creating that world Mm -hmm that we see. And then what I work with people on is in terms like just a three-year mission. So to me, your mission statement is who does your organization need to become in the next three years to start creating the world that you see? Because once we become that, then who do we need to become next? And who do we need to become next? And who do we need to become next? Because if you look at the world today, and this is I challenge business owners, leaders, even yourself as an individual, if you go back three years ago, I'm just going to go back this way on screen. So if you go back three years ago, is your organization three years ago the same as it is today? Like Steve, is your business or your organization? No, it's
0: it's not. I mean, there's definitely similarities, but it's definitely evolved and changed, I hope. And there's many different nuances that I've learned or incorporated. So yeah, it's not the same.
1: Yeah. And then if you look at your organization today, is it going to be the same as it is today in the next? three years
0: yeah and not
1: no because business is a series of evolution so our mission then should be what evolves us as an organization right so whilst our purpose shouldn't change once it's very clearly and defined and you know we've got that really at the heart of who we are and our values and things like that vision is so far out anyway so the one moving piece in our business is our mission so when you're writing your mission statement as a business it should be who does our business need to become and i believe then that your mission then dictates what your strategy should be our strategy should be how we become that business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right which is then us living our purpose through the lens of. Values to become this organization to create that world that we see. So right. we create this like, sudden total alignment. Now you also asked about from a personal point of view. So so for me, as I look at the the mission of um, Circle Leadership, for example, our organization in the next three years, we need to become a global community of evolving purpose-driven leaders. Right. So which is why we now serve clients in Canada, UK, New Zealand. We're expanding and we're we're moving into a group format because it tells that we want there's so much talent and ability in our client base that we're not helping the clients help the clients kind of a thing. So we want to create this global community. We must become a global community so then me as the leader i go hey dave this is you and you built circle leadership here now you're saying circle leadership of people listening to this so if i'm the leader i am today and i built the business i have today then i've identified the business i want to have in three years well the leader i am today built the one i have today not the one i want to build so who do i need to become what's my mission then as a leader to build the business that i need to have to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of people i choose to serve
0: yeah and your That's- traits your characteristics your habits the way you show up that the what you're modeling etc correct
1: yeah 100 so what we look at is, is so those three years and what i set for myself and i've been doing this for many years now is a the theme for myself for this year what's the theme of my evolution this year and then i look at that and once i realize like who do i need to become this year and every year i've had a theme all right and then, then i look at that theme across all areas of my life so I, I have one focal point, like I need to become this. And then what does that look like as a leader, as a husband, as a father, um, as a spiritual person, my health, my wealth, my well-being? How does that impact all those areas of my life? And right, that's how right, I call right. myself. That becomes my mission, then, is to become that. Because yeah, I know I if I become that. that, then I advance the organization. The organization will never become what it's capable of if I don't. My team won't either, because if I don't increase my own capabilities and capacity for greatness, I won't create space for the team. And what we do is we keep the ceiling where people can't go any further because I'm not going any further. And then I lose great people and they leave because there's no space or capacity for the greatness. Right. Because.
0: I'm in, yeah, that is so I love that. And it's and it works. And in, in all types of companies, I don't care if you're a tech company, a healthcare company, a construction yeah. company, a subway shop. I mean, that concept, that concept, that teaching is universal. And like you brought it down to the humanity of each person. Um, yeah. And in your first book, Simplified, I think you covered some of these concepts. So uh, for, yes. for those of you that haven't read Dave's stuff, I, I think it was the first book, right? Simplified? Yes. Um, So if you're on on Amazon, if you're listening in, you can buzz and get his book there. But Simplified, I think you were trying to take some of these sometimes overwhelming, you know, sometimes people look at them as airy fairy type topics and bring them down into not just this topic, but also simplifying the stuff that needs to be done to create the life or business that you want. And we are going to talk a little bit further also about your practicality of your toolbox but i want to come back first and talk about simplified and how did that book start and are some of these concepts in that book
1: yeah 100 well you know me steve i'm a pragmatic spiritualist and we've talked i about love just- that <laughs> say that again
0: you are a pragmatic spiritualist tell us what yes. that means to you first and i'll go yeah, into simplified.
1: Yeah, So i'm a spiritual human being like that but for me there's like there's and there's no right or wrong to this there's people who are just very pragmatic they're just very practical about life and there's people extremely spiritual and i guess i kind of i keep one foot in each camp like i i want to help let's say the, the the pragmatic people understand a bit more of spiritual context to the stuff they do. And the spiritual people understand how to turn that into something that's simple for people to understand and be able to go, okay, I get that. Because, you know, it's like, I've always said, I have my feet on the ground and my head in the clouds. Yeah. you know, And so I'm somewhat grounded, but in in that sense, as a pragmatic spiritualist, that's how I describe it. Yeah. I love that. I love spirituality, but how do I put that into some practical application in my life? Yes. So that's um, that's
0: exactly, I loved that stuff. And that's an alchemy, what I've been also on a mission to do. And I brought in the, you know, the concept of, really for myself and talking about spiritual intelligence of how do you take the spiritual concept in an intelligent way and create wisdom and then practical steps so let's go back to you uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you but talking on you've yeah. got this slide up here engineer Noel just threw up that is IQ SQ spiritual intelligence and EQ emotional intelligence yeah. which is a part of what Iggy was about my book Iggy principles but your yeah. books your writings and your teachings you've been doing this for a while so I'm, I'm digressing because I was going to talk to you about simplified <laughs> but let's go here and then let's bounce back and forth like you and I do because this slide is so cool i can't not for those yeah, well, of you that aren't seeing this slide if you're on audio it's somebody's brain sideways like a side of a drawing of someone's head at the top it says sq for spiritual intelligence uh and then in front of them is eq for emotional intelligence and then right behind them is another iq for intelligence but it's basically saying the left brain the right brain and the whole brain so this slide here dave that we're looking at and some people might see that t- tell me about this slide and how do you use this and what does this mean to you
1: well yeah when you talk about like so for me the, the spiritual intelligence using the whole brain like to me that's what i'm talking about but it's like you're, you have your um, your normal brain, but your heart brain as well. And so like, so there's the intelligent brain and there's the heart brain, which to me is your emotional intelligence. And then your intellect, which is your, you know, the logic brain. So you have your logic and your heart. And if you can work those two things together, I believe based on what your diagram, I'm looking at me, I just, that's how my, I'm simply interpreting it going, well, my spiritual intelligence is when my heart and my head are in alignment, right? Yeah. And everything's working in sync. Like it's like you've got synchronous processing of the whole brain. So yeah, so when, when my heart and my head are in sync and even my gut, if I want to bring that up that everything just works in harmony that's when my spiritual quotient is at its highest and this is for me when i want to serve our clients and i want to serve anyone in my life is like when everything's in total alignment of my head my heart and my gut then that's when I'm at my best to serve people. When I'm serving just from my head space, like that can be okay. When I'm serving just from the heart space, I, that can be okay too. But when both of them work together and then my gut as well as well, like, you know, there's like total harmony of my whole being, then then yeah, I think to me, like that's that's when we can be at our best. Right. exactly.
0: I agree with that. Well, and I think part of the way people do that is you've got this diagram. Well, first, before I digress again, let's talk about Simplified. In your book, Simplified, this is where you started implementing some of these principles is correct. And then the next segment, we're going to talk about your upcoming book. But tell tell everyone quickly about Simplified. We only have like three minutes left in this segment. I want to get to your toolbox and come back and get to the pragmatic part of this that your toolbox actually does there behind you. So Simplified, and then we'll go to a break and we'll come back and talk about the toolbox of how to be practical, implement these types things in business or life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the premise of Simplified was I decided to write that because I finally had a message and a voice, my voice on it and a message that I wanted to share with the world. So I chose to write a book. I've been asked to write a book for a very long time. And I like until I didn't want to be another me too author. I wanted to know what my my message and my voice was. So I had that and, and I wrote that. Um, and it's built on the premise that I believe people want three things in business, which is, and if you look at yourself in your own life, they want something to believe in, a sense of purpose or meaning to the work that they're doing. They want somebody who believes in them. That means a leader or a manager, whatever you want to call them, that actually empowers them to make smart decisions through having values to say here make some great decisions i believe in you and then a leader that they can believe in so someone to believe in who has a vision of the world that's far greater than all of us combined and so i thought like if that's the premise of it I said well if i could help leaders to understand how to create a culture or an organization that delivers on those three things we could shift the consciousness of the planet people would find a a greater sense of meaning there'd be less workplace harassment stress anxiety bullying all this sort of going on that people take home and we have this diminishing lifestyle rather if we people felt real meaningful because works are part of our, who we are. It's how we contribute to the world. If I could have some meaning to that and do that in a place where I'm loved and feel that I can love, then I could take that home and we could increase and improve the you know the consciousness of how people feel about the workplace. So that's why I wrote it. But then I wanted to do it in a way as the pragmatic spiritualist that I am with really simple tools, because I think most of what we call leadership today, Steve, it's just modern management practices and we complicate things far too much. And I believe it was time to lead differently. So I wanted to show people in a simple step-by-step, do this, do this. Here's how you create the culture and strategy alignment. So you don't have to have a culture that needs strategy. Here's a simple way to do that as we talked about here's why our business exists here's how we think about it here's the world we're creating and here's the business we're building to do that here's how you take people on that journey you form a narrative words form a narrative numbers tell the story do the numbers and like the story and the narrative match and then here's how to lead them in using the team's and how to lead teams and become coaches and bosses and all those wonderful things to
0: bring those organizations to life. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we've got about one minute left here, but I I love that on so many levels. But in our lives, you know, I have seen people that have gotten to successful businesses with lots of of profit, they've made lots of money, they've had lots of success, and they get to that point of that void of, is this all there is? I thought this was going to feel different. I thought this was going to mean something different. And then they start searching, oh, and now it's time to search for this purpose thing. I also have other people that are so driven on their purpose and being of significance and sometimes too immersed in that I've got to make a difference in the world that they don't have that pragmatic step-by-step process to run an effective, profitable business that has good operations, good HR, good marketing, good lean generation, et cetera. So I love that you've pulled all that together as a pragmatic spiritualist. So for those that want to learn more about Dave and his pragmatic spiritualist, he has a toolbox that he has, and it's actually, you can't see him if you're on audio, but he's got this great board behind him that is his toolbox. It's got a, a bunch of, great pyramids and circles and diagrams so for anybody who's more analytical or pragmatic come back and let's learn more from dave on this how do i get these step-by-step either in my personal life if i want more purpose and to feel more loved and more on purpose with what i am and who i am and why i'm making a difference or if you're doing that within a company or within a department or within your job whatever it might be so come back and let's hear more from mr dave claire down under thanks everybody we'll be right back Hi, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business, where we are always talking about making wiser decisions, finding greater profits in your life and your business, and higher purpose. And as I said, as I introduced my guest, Mr. Dave Clare, can't think of many people better to talk about higher purpose than Dave Clare, who is uh, this purpose-driven leader and and consultant and advisor and author. But as we were talking about purpose and mission and making a difference in the world and all of this spiritual intelligence, EQ, IQ, SQ, before this last segment, we also talked about Dave is also a pragmatic spiritualist. Dave likes to uh, get into the step-by-step processes or systems, which I love as well, because most people want to okay, how does this work? Like, how would I make this work? Not everyone wants to know how the watch is made, but they for sure want to know how to tell time. So Dave, behind you, I've mentioned this in a couple of segments, you've got this really cool board behind you. And for those that can't see it, if you're just listening in, we'll again be putting some of these images in the show notes. But Dave has a really cool, big, huge whiteboard behind him that he's got some static images uh, called a toolbox. So uh, Dave, I think this is some of your core principles. Can we we have you spend a little time? I'm gonna turn the mic over to you as a teacher for a minute and see what you can take people through on some of these uh, step-by-step processes here.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So very simply, I believe that all our organizations should become great, right? That we should have great organizations because our clients or our customers deserve greatness from us or our best from us. Um, If you're going to do anything in the world, why not do it at the highest level, right? And to me, um, and that's a little bit of part of my own spiritual context is I think if if I'm, I should be serving at my highest level, whatever it is today, and then striving for an even higher level, because as good as I am today, I know I'm capable of becoming more. So when we look at that from a concept or principle point of view, so if our clients deserve our best or greatness from us what in our organization is that actually drives greatness and to me it's people it's so we want to actually look at like how do we help our people become great and in in order to understand that then we need to understand human behavior and how we help how people become who they are and how we can help them become the best that they can be because to me leadership is all about helping other people become the best version of themselves to do their life's best work while in our care and beyond and that means i care about you as a human being first, employee second. That means I don't have to have a position or a title to demonstrate leadership. So if, if our organization wants to be great, we have to help our people be great. If leadership's all about helping people be great or be their best, it makes sense that we need to understand human behavior. And so one of the things we work with people on one of our models, which is off to the side at the moment, is about human behavior. And very simply, human behavior is success. Whatever you believe that to be for yourself has come from your results. So I have accomplished these things in my life, which culminate in my picture of success, tangible and intangible. But those results have come from the way I've behaved. I've taken these actions to drive those results to give me that success. Now that behavior, what we know about human behavior is that how I think determines how I act. As I, as a person, think, I think and grow rich, I think therefore I am. And so if my attitudes and my habits of thinking are what drive those behaviors, give me the results and success, well those, how did I get those attitudes? Well, they were conditioned into me through a process of space repetition of a bunch of inputs from parents, teachers, media, society, people's opinions I valued growing up. Repetitively, I've heard conditioned the way I think about things, causing me to behave, I sort of think in a certain way, which causes me to behave the way I do, getting me the results of success I may or may not be enjoying in life. Now the part about that process, and this is really important, is that most of us have got to where we are by default and circumstance. But the same process that helped us be who we are today is the same process we can use to help people become the best version of themselves um, for whatever it is tomorrow. And if we look at that then and we look if that's human behavior and if we took all those human beings and understood that process and organizational behavior, should not be any different to human behavior if organizations are just a bunch of human beings all working together for a common goal? So what we want to do is develop a process for organizational behavior that followed human behavior. Because one of the things we find is in our organization, organizational structures today, the way we think about organizations, is that, and let's put it into terms of technology, in the days when technology first came out, we had to take human beings and adapt them to technology. We wondered why we weren't utilizing the technology to its fullest capabilities, because we're trying to get people to shift the way they think about things in terms of it didn't flow with them. And we build organizations that don't flow with the way we feel as human beings either. But what if we actually created an organizational behavioral structure that followed human behavior? And then therefore, we could not only help people be their best, but create an organization where they can bring their best self to work and express that through the work that they do. And so we created this process for uh, human behavior, but then we created one for organizational behavior, which is slightly off screen, but success to a human being is just the mission to the organization. That's what success is, is a fulfillment of the mission. And then our uh, results for us as individuals, well, it's achieving our objectives and key results that show that we've achieved that mission. So when we work at who we need to become, we go, well, what are the objectives that we would accomplish to show we've become that? And then behaviors would drive those key results that we have, what are the actions we would take? And what drives how we act is how we think. So then our values go, well, our values are how we think. Around here, So then we're able to help people understand how to use values better in their organization to empower their people to make smart decisions, because now we know how we think determines how we act. So we want to make sure, unlike Volkswagen, who had care and sustainability for the environment as their number two core value, and yet they, they allowed people in their organization to come up with ways to cheat on the emission test in vehicles. So it, it didn't fit with the values of the organization, but they allowed that to happen. But if we have actually values that we lead, live, and love every day, it should guide the right behaviors to drive the results and fulfill the mission of the organization. And then uh, instead of conditioning, what we use is coaching. So we need to coach our people to coach the gap between the thinking they have and the thinking we want, which is the values of our organization. And how do we coach that gap? Because this is why we need to make sure we're coaching our team into greatness, because we should be using coaching in our organization because you just can't boss people and tell them you can use incentive and fear. But if we're coaching them because they understand why we're doing it and what it means to them and how it impacts them in a human way, well, then people are more likely to lead, live and love those values in your organization if you're helping them shift their thinking from the thing they have into that lens and move them forward rather than telling them to think this way, telling them to do this thing because unless we reprogram the automatic pilot, it's not going to change permanently anyway. So we created those two models. And then this other diagram that you'll see here is when we layered human behavior and organizational behavior over the top of each other, we built what we call our business evolution roadmap. And that's what this
0: tool is here. Yeah. So So, for for those that are seeing, you'll see what Dave's pointing. It's like a a pyramid with a bunch of circles at the bottom. For those are audio, this will be in the show notes, but it's a very cool visual that you have there because it really makes the ascending concept here. And then the foundation that you need with the circles at the bottom, which I'm assuming are taking these values and making that part of your foundation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is how you pull it all together. <clears throat> so you create a culture and strategy alignment. So if we know then, so we're getting down to the bottom, so down the bottom, it says purpose. So purpose is why we get out of bed every day. So if everyone knows why they get out of bed every day, and then on every occasion, we're coaching them through the lens of the values, we're empowering them to make, make smarter decisions. Firstly, they have something to believe in as to why they come to work every day. Then secondly, what they have is they know that they have a leader that, that actually believes in them, that can empower them to make smarter decisions and helping them coach the gap in terms of the thinking and more in alignment with the values of the organization to drive their 90 day action plans to achieve. Their objectives to fulfill their one year operational plan, if whatever you want to call it in business, which will lead you to where you want to be in three years, which should be us becoming the organization in terms of our mission to start creating the world that we see as this vision that inspires us. So, when we layer these two things over, what we now have is a purpose that will drive our business, a set of values that will guide us. We have a mission to evolve us and a vision that inspires us. We have a leader who has a picture of the world that's far greater than all of us combined, right? That is so big that we can't accomplish it alone and says, Here's the business that we need to build. And there's a great, great quote. Um, that I'll share with you very quickly. Antoine Saint Vitry, uh, it's my best French Canadian I can give you. Uh, he <laughs> said, uh, If you want to build a boat, don't gather the men and women to garnish the materials, give them a yearning for the vast and endless sea, and they'll do whatever it takes to build the boat. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah, well, but that's good. Yeah. So they, they're so excited about this future world that we're creating together. Well, then you go, Well, what, what do you need me to do to help build this boat? So our mission is, What's the boat we need to build to start sailing out to that vast and endless sea? And then this is the way everything, then if you reverse engineer, then go, Well, what would we need to accomplish in three years? What do we need to do in the next 12 months? What do we need to do every 90 days? And you now have a process for your organization,
0: right? And this right. and this leads into people's businesses that they then overlay what those missions are for themselves, and then yeah. you're chunking those out. I'm assuming into specific tasks, people's job descriptions. Who's going to handle yeah. what? Who's the stakeholder? We have about yeah. two or three minutes left in the segment, so let's finish. Yeah. Let's have you go on that mission, finishing that up on those last two quick diagrams, and then we're going to talk yeah. about your upcoming book as well.
1: Yeah, I'll just I'll just do the one extra. But yeah. this okay. is to your point, Steve, This way, we get people involved in the work, involved in decisions about the work, so they have a greater sense of ownership and participation when we had this so that if we're only planning out every 90 days, then they get involved in how are we going to do this 90 days? So they have a sense of ownership of the work too. Then the last part, then this other diagram over here, which is the circle of organizational leadership, which I created back in 2001, is how do we keep, you know, when you have look at organizational hierarchical charts, most of the power is held at the top of the organization. These are what I call ego systems of leadership. So I'm the boss, you're my subordinate. All the power is at the top, but all the information is usually down the bottom in terms of what's happening on the ground. So power and information rarely coexist at the same table. Also, if there's somebody in one team on the bottom right-hand corner of that hierarchical chart who has an information for somebody at the top left. It's gonna go up and down through all these channels to get there. And so we have this boss subordinate system, which is why I call it an ego system of leadership. But what I want to do is create an ecosystem of leadership in the organization. So the circle of organizational leadership is designed this way. And once again, when we talk about human organizations. How are we made up, Steve? We're made up of cells, right? Human beings were made of all these cells that all combined together to create this amazing, most complex organization in the world, the human being. But at the center of every cell is a common nucleus. So can you imagine if we had a table, a round table like King Arthur, the Knights of the Round Table, where at the center of that table set a common nucleus, here's the purpose of our organization. And then every decision had to go or every conversation went through the lens of our values to that client-centric purpose of our business. And every single person would do that. This way, we would have an organization that's structured where everybody answers to something first, not to someone. And where top down leadership is a thing of the past, and all around leadership will be the way forward. And this person here would be the coach, their team to achieve the objectives and the results through the lens of our values to our purpose. So all decisions are made. And we're talking about having a purpose-driven organization. All decisions are made from purpose first because purpose is the seed of culture and it's the number one decision-making filter in our business. Will it help us do this? Yes or no. Does it yeah. help us actually solve the problem we're here to do? Yes or no. And if it's a no, then why are we doing it? Or send it out and bring it back in a way where it will. Well, there's somebody, so teams like that in an ecosystem. That is yeah, the best way to it.
0: I love. That that. I mean, there's so many great quotes and, tag, and we've got some amazing hashtags in there that we're going to be putting out on this, but I love so much of that. But one of the ones mm-hmm. popped out in my uh, engineer, Noel pointed out as well is the ego system versus the ecosystem. Uh, yeah. And I love that since you know I also talk a lot about ego versus Iggy, which we're going to come yeah. into the next segment about edging yeah. good out versus inviting yeah. good in or got in. This is perfect with that. But uh, in this day and age, not only are <laughs> is the organization going to benefit so much better? And so are the customers from having this kind of concept millennials and younger people are demanding this. They are, they are, you know, they have so many choices in workplaces. And if you're pursuing talent that, you know, people in their twenties and mid twenties and early thirties, whatever it might be, they no longer just adhere. If you're my boss or my boss, and I'm going to do anything you say, they want to have purpose-driven environments. They want to have collective consciousness. So it's like, it's, it is already evolving in societal desire and need. And for companies that are willing to lead in this and create from that versus having their arm twisted behind them back that they have to do it will be so much ahead of the game you know so i love that ego system versus ecosystem and then also the answering to purpose first before someone and that you know there's so many companies that you can think of that just got off track with decisions that were made because they were so fearful of the power above them and an individual or the executive team that they were not answering to i mean i think some of these quote people that we look at that have been like whistleblowers as an example in industry industries or in oil or in uh, Facebook or wherever it might be, because they realize, look, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what you profess we would be part of. So if you have it in your company that that's talked about all the time, when you're making decisions at the board table, at the employee table, at the collective table about, hey, how is this aligned with our mission? And it's aligning to answering the purpose before a person or someone. That is really how you get massive change. So I love that. So thank you for summing that up. Your book that you have coming out, I believe uh, we've got it up here on the screen. We can pop them going to jump another segment but it's called you can't boss someone into greatness so tell us how you came up with the title and when does the book come out
1: yeah so very quickly the uh i was talking to a friend of mine who's a big jim collins fan and you know once again it was that concept like if you want to take your organization from good to great what in your organization needs to go from good to great and they're in the um human resources world which is resources for humans not humans as a resource so they, they call themselves big h little r organization and i was speaking to robin he he said well yeah well your people need to and i said well great but you can't boss someone into greatness and that just sort of fell out of my mouth and that's why as yes, pragmatic spiritual something from another plane i was a conduit and i just said that and he goes oh my god that's amazing and so i wrote that down and uh, it's something that i've been working with for a while with people in terms of how to become a coach not a boss and i said well that's the title of the book because i want people to understand that you can't boss someone into greatness we have we don't have head bosses offensive bosses defensive bosses special teams bosses we have head coaches and things like that so that's what the book is it's going to come out ideally i believe it towards the end of june or beginning of july so
0: okay well we won't be able to get our hands on that soon enough because that's some great, a great title and I was going to have additional great content like this is in yes, it. Uh, so you. everybody listen uh, in if you'd like to learn more about greatness personally, professionally and businesses you are working within, business you're creating or businesses you're running. Come back and hear more from Dave Clare on getting into greatness and learning also a little bit more about Dave on the personal side. We have a fun segment we're going to do on Instagram images. So <laughs> you'll come back and learn about that on this next segment. So yep. come back and join us on the Alchemy of Business. Thank you everyone for listening in. We will be right back. We'll be on instantly interesting Instagram. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning back in to the Alchemy of Business Show here with Mr. Dave Clare. We've been talking about all things from purpose to people to having greatness in your life to overcoming from victim to victor. And we're going to jump into this last segment and and have some additional fun here with Dave because it's been fun along. And we were talking about his book, Uh, You Can't Boss Someone Into Greatness, coming back out in June. That'll be in the show notes. So we'll make sure everyone gets a, a blast on that when it comes out. So congrats, Dave, on getting that done and following your own spiritual intelligence of having that title come through you and it's always great when we follow our intuition and it's in Mm. our psyche and then our spirit and our heart and then boom it's on paper and then it's on an image and now i'm showing it from where i am in san diego across whoever's going to watch this across the world so it's so cool how to manifest things you were talking about think and grow rich you commented that earlier and i've got that over my shoulder on another bookcase that i'm in but that's a, a true example of think and grow rich it's about you know thinking something writing it down having goals and affirmations turning it into a reality using that energy for so i love seeing that materialized so we went through and scan through a couple of your Instagram photos. And we have a segment that we do on the Alchemy of Business and it is called Instantly Interesting Instagram. You need need to be instantly interesting Instagram. (laughs) I'm gonna get a voiceover on that so that that we have that booming voice. I'll have to have you do that because you have a really good radio voice, but uh, uh, Noel, my engineer, let's make note of that, of the booming voice for that segment. Uh, And and here's the rules, they're simple. If you're not seeing this screen, anybody, we basically do this. We take a quick dive into the photos of the guests on Instagram. in this case, Dave Clare on his feed. We then pull up some interesting ones we thought had some cool images without any context for the listeners. And then Dave will share and tell us more about what was happening in that photo. And we'll just do kind of a rapid fire. So okay. uh, for those that aren't seeing this, we're going to visually explain it to you. I am. And then it'll also be in the show notes if anyone wants to download them. But let's jump to the first one, Noel. Okay. This is Dave and a dog, which it looks as happy and content as Dave does. So tell us about this dog. What's the breed and what's the moment?
1: Well, that's uh, the moment is uh, I was visiting my daughter who I don't get to see very often. So I was up in Geraldton, West Australia, where she still lives. And I've just woken up, actually. And I just sat down on the couch to have a coffee. And that's my grand fur baby, Sarge. So (laughs) Sarge, that's her dog. And he loves, uh, I call myself his grandmaster. I don't want to be a granddad. I'm the grandmaster. And it drives (laughs) my daughter nuts. But when I say, come see grandmaster, she jumps he he jumps up on my lap and uh that and then she just took a photo of like oh my god <laughs>
0: that's so funny so wild and,
1: uh, <laughs> and what's the breed I don't know but we call him Scooby Doo because he looks just like a bit like Scooby Doo He Scooby-Doo. does look like
0: Scooby Doo actually and that's a great he has a, uh, <laughs> a collar with
1: a tag and everything oh, and that's great. Uh, it's
0: like I love it. Yeah and so uh, yeah so that's <laughs> I love that it. photo that yeah, it was it. awesome. next one okay um, this is this is yeah. Dave with some cool glasses half his face and a really cool convertible looking car Dave tell us about this
1: That's a convertible Bentley it's about a 500 thousand dollar car. (laughs) Actually, I was, uh, I love convertibles. I actually have a convertible I drive around in myself. I've rode motorcycles for many years and I feel claustrophobic in vehicles. And I was walking up to visit a buddy of mine in West Perth here and uh, walking past. And there was this Bentley with the top down, the $500,000 car, everything, you know, just sitting there exposed. Baby blue, yeah, just like happy as a large is, yeah. Yeah, well, that was was corporate color. So it's circle leadership blue, as we would call it. And (laughs) so I took a picture of that and said, oh, look at the new Bentley. You know, send me $50 and I'll show you how to afford a Bentley like this. Because you know these people who sit on cars and say, hey, send me this money and I'll teach you how to get a car like I have. So a tongue-in-cheek joke at some of those people, but it just happened to Circle Leadership Blue. It's a convertible and it's a $500,000 car just sitting there on the street. And how safe is Perth where you could leave your car just sitting like that? I love (laughs) it.
0: Those are beautiful cars. I mean, they are magnificent. Okay, now we've got a Wishbone Thousand Island uh, bottle of salad dressing. And the title is Want Some Dressing? For your Your Word Salad. What is this? Yes,
1: so... When we work with people about getting their purpose, values, vision, and mission completed in the organization, what we call the narrative of their business, we believe that you should be able to articulate simply and clearly the answer to those four things in 66 words or less. When I look at a lot of organizations, they have these verbose, like some value statements so even just for one value is like 30 or 40 words. And I said, like, to me, they're just word salads. Mm. Like, and one of my buddies, Aiden Parker, he has one of the best codes of all times. So he said, Dave, why I love your stuff is because you add value by removing things that don't. Mm. All right. Mm. And so we want to, and so I put that as a post of like, how many, when you look at your own purpose, values, vision statements, are they just a word salad? Yeah. I love why, that. why you do what you do, how you uniquely think about it, the world you want to create and the business you must become to create that you should be able to articulate in 66 words or less, because Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough and who should understand it better than anybody else. So stop yeah. creating word salads for your business.
0: Yeah. I love that. they it's, it's the old, uh, explain it. Like you were explaining it to a kindergartner or the yeah. uh, kiss, keep it simple, stupid phrase. It's like, all boils back down to that let's see you've got some funny hats on here i with uh i'm assuming i think is this your yeah i thought that was right i know i've seen her on golf carts and different things before but the hats were throwing me off so this is dave and his wife in a very funny photo with some fairly cool hats and it says on his t-shirt australia so what was that this was a day you were celebrating i'm assuming
1: yes we actually have a day in australia it's called australia day it's kind of like independence day but it's it's, like our fourth
0: of july in the u.s independence day yeah
1: yeah so it was actually uh, two canadians where canadian people Um, We're really proud Canadians, but we're also really thankful for the great country that Australia is that we've called home now for the past 12, 13 years. And so we decided to get all done up. And so there's a photo of my wife and I. Uh, We went and bought all this Australia Day garb and put a photo up just to also to take a little bit of tease our canadian friends when it was minus 20 up there it was like 38 degrees on australia day in celsius that is not fahrenheit so it's probably like 105 or something like that fahrenheit of us out in our backyard with our pool so we wanted just to say uh happy Australia day to uh, all our friends and family
0: well happy australia day for sure to everybody down under and happy for the, anyone who's listening from any part of the world we're so glad you're listening in yeah. we've got about five minutes or so left with mr dave Clare, and i i want to jump into the segments there's no problem talking with dave about spirituality because he's already been talking about that since the very yeah. beginning Some Some of our guests, we don't get to the Iggy moments until the very end. And that's with the first time we actually start bringing up spirituality at the depth you did. So I love you're already incorporating that in your, you know, when you talked about setting your goals or within companies, it is have to be about the money you make, your health, your family, your relationship, your spirituality, your dreams, your desires. It's all one big ecosystem. And, you know, I came up with this concept of. Iggy, I G I, and my book was called The Iggy Principles. And Wayne Dyer, who's just been an amazing mentor uh, for many thousands and millions of people around the world before his passing, with his work, he was a great writer and a great spiritual writer. But he coined a lot of the mainstream stuff on the word ego, edging God out or, or edging goodness out. So for me, I had to pull this back in and say, God, how do I? that just hit me and struck me? You know, 15 years ago or so when I read that, and so I came up for myself this reverse, inviting good in, Iggy, Iggy Principles. So that is the power of prayer, of the gratitude, like what I call four Bs, forgiveness, integrity, service, but it, it can be each person's own description. So Dave, in your own Iggy or your own pragmatic spirituals, how do you actually define what spirituality is? I know pragmatic spiritualist, but the word spirituality for you, how do you define spirituality and how do you incorporate spirituality into your daily life or practice beyond some of the things you were talking about? in the? it can be the work environment or the person. What is that spirituality to you?
1: Well, spirituality to me is is deep within inside me now I'm, I'm not a religious person but i'm a spiritual person so um for me i believe that if there is a god then i am god and it's inside right and so for me that there's a greater power or a greater purpose that i can tap into that will guide me to make the smartest decisions no different for me like you know like when i started looking at what is you know i might have resisted for a long time this stuff but then I, when i decided to go go in it was quite amazing when i let go of everything out and went in and just listened to myself and quiet and you know like what i called my own version of meditation and all that sort of stuff, I started mm-hmm. learning more about who I was as a person and who I wanted to be in the world today and who I wanted to become. And to me, that whole concept of process is spirituality to me. It's it's letting go of all the other stuff and just listening to my soul speak, yeah, right? and so the logic brain of my head and let go of that and everything and just let my soul speak and listen to it. That is my essence of spirituality.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're saying God is with me, is with me and letting go of all the noise. And you were yeah. talking about that earlier about even on your word salad, getting rid of stuff that's not necessary and getting down to the essence of it. So I love that. Yeah. For me, I mean, uh, my definition is, is in a similar way of, I just believe God is the sum of all that is meaning that yeah. this energy of this universal stuff that I don't completely understand by any stretch, but I know it's way smarter and in the intelligence of it than I am. And when I do tap into it with my own Wi-Fi through meditation or prayer, or whatever it might be, I know that I'm more tuned into to blocking out or carving away that salad that's not needed uh, so that yeah. I'm getting to the simplistic of it. So when you've done that, and when you know you're in that zone of your own spiritual connection, what I call Iggy moments, you know, aha, aha moments have been around for a long time. Uh, um, Oprah used to talk all about it. what was your aha yeah. moment. So for yeah. your Iggy moment what are some points in your personal or professional life that in recent memory that you can think of that were this significant of where your your spirituality of this knowing came to be that it was so obvious in the just the yeah. the the static or the the electricity and what it might have been that it was so obvious to you that that was some of your iggy moments okay and I'll finish on this one very quickly firstly um when i think about you know there's no magical mystical being outside of me the
1: magical mystical being is inside all right and so when i that, that's when i could tap into that so there was a moment back in october 1999 barry ontario canada 157 bayfield street in a basement apartment i was sitting on the floor in this basement apartment under a tanning salon um sitting up against my son's bed he was three years old looking across at my daughter who was probably about six months old eight months old at the time and i'd virtually lost everything i'd try to start my new business i'd lost everything and i was sitting there crying my eyes out thinking i'm gonna have to quit, go get a job and do everything. And this is where like when I really started to realize there's something greater inside me or there's a voice. That voice, right? That voice came up from inside me and it said, Dave, if you quit, what are you teaching your children that when things get tough, that all you have to do is quit? And then and it was well, like, why are you not I need to become more instead of staying who I was, and this is where really evolution really started to come to me and all this sort of stuff, was like if I keep staying who I am, trying to be more of who I am for more people, well, that's not enough. I'm resting my laurels. So I need to become more. And and so I needed to go in and say, hang on, and that's where that I went back into where that voice is and started writing out. And that's how I drafted out actually. I just the next morning I wrote up my whole relaxed selling process and everything, all these things that I some of the tools that I started to develop for myself, all came from that moment. And I just, that voice came out of me from inside and said, Dave, but what are you teaching your kids?
0: Mm, yeah. I love that. Well, many times it is somebody that we love so much that we realize our pain trying to create a better thing for them, i.e. this case, your children who became part, I mean, part of you, obviously you made them and you created them. But I love that 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 caused you to propel. It wasn't that you were necessarily doing it for Dave, even though you were, you were Mm -hmm. doing it for someone else, but then you were doing it for yourself. And now you've gone out and created this for the world. So that spiritual moment of that, I mean, sometimes it's the breakdown. That creates the breakthrough so it's so great that you didn't quit and that spiritual essence you know so when you hear that voice now many many years later is it a feeling is it a voice is it an instinct how now did you start listening for that voice or that Thing more.
1: Yeah. So now, I, once again, this is where then, um, over the years, as I started to realize, like, hey, there's something there, um, and I started listening it to more, I really dove into spirituality, and I started to understand more about spirit, and how do I tap into that and, you know, meditating and, and, you know, closing my eyes and just allowing quietness and then seeing a light through me, and some practices like that that I could see... I was, let's call it terrible at it for a long time, right? Um, because it would just be kind of ad hoc or when I felt. Right. And I, didn't, I I realized that when the things were tough, that that's when I would go to it. But then nowadays I realize, well, actually it gets tough because I keep stop doing it, right? If I just keep doing it, I can process and understand and move. It doesn't mean I don't have challenges thrown at me. Right. Instead of using it when I need it in my mind, I actually use it all the time now. So I have a mantra I read every day. I, I, I have a quiet period of the day where I just let my mind relax and wander. I do these things on a regular and consistent basis now because I know the value of doing it all the time not
0: just when things were crap. Yeah, I love that. I wish we had more hours with you here, Dave, <laughs> but uh, we don't. So I love that all the shares that you had today. And for those that uh, want to learn more from Dave, you can go to DaveClaire.com. If you're seeing the screen, it's scrolling across the bottom and that's C-L-A-R-E, DaveClaire.com. Uh, you can reach him on his LinkedIn, his Instagram. We're going to have those in the show notes. If you're not seeing this on audio, no fret. Again, uh, jot down DaveClaire.com or just check out the show notes and learn more about what Dave does. Uh, but I've been really, really thrilled again connecting with you dave i knew when we first met we had this across the world relationship of friendship and we don't uh, talk near as much as we should or want but we do because yeah. of social media and your mission of what you're doing is very parallel so i always feel like i'm right there in your back pocket with you cheering you on because your, your work is so great and i just applaud you on connecting you. this purpose and and spirituality and practicality and you being a pragmatic spiritualist but also having your toolboxes to help others figure out how to do this so thanks for being on the show any closing words for the guest
1: uh for the guest or from the guest? Yes, from the guest, sure. For for, listening- for them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this, please. Uh, Steve's uh, first book, Led to Gold, From Lead to Gold, is a ripper. It's an absolute, mag- it's like a masterpiece. I loved it. I read that a couple of times. And I'm like, this is such a great book. Um, Iggy, I've read through as well. What what an insightful piece of work that you've done. And once again, you channeled. Um, so I would encourage people to definitely get your books um, for me. Um, but last but not least, uh, yes, I would like to give a gift is that okay? Can yeah, I, absolutely. Please. I have a business evolution roadmap, which is kind of the pragmatic component of all the spiritual context of this that I'll send you, you can put it in the show notes and anyone can download it. It's, uh, you know, when we talk about a business team, let's get everyone on the same page. Well, this is the same page. It allows you to get your culture and strategy in total alignment. And I'll give you the blank template that people can have and, as, a, as a
0: gift. Oh, well, thank you for that gift. I know people will definitely, we will definitely put that in the show notes. Thank you for that gift. And thank you for everyone listening today on to the Alchemy of Business Show, where we are always looking for making wise decisions, creating greater profits and finding higher purpose. And boy, did Dave Clare deliver on all that today. So thanks again, Dave. Thanks for all of you that listened in or watch. We appreciate it. And stay tuned for future shows. We will be back again. Thank you, everyone. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends and leaving a review. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed and see you soon.